All right, it is amazing how uh, yesterday I had to whip her for living like the devil, and this morning she's singing like an angel. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> wow, that is just absolutely amazing. That's a true story. I'm not making that up. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing uh, how, that, <laughs> how that works. Oh, and I'm so glad Miss Ann and Miss uh, Amy's back so I can get some laughs in the church again. Uh, definitely helps. I do need to recruit some help unless y'all have Facebook on your phone to do it online, but uh, it's so good to have them back to get some good laughs. Uh, speaking of laughs, I, uh, uh, today's Mother's Day. I thought I'd uh, share with you some things my mom taught me growing up. Uh, my mother taught me logic. If you fall off the swing, you'll break your neck and you can't go to the store with me to get a toy, all right? My mom taught me fear. When that lawnmower cut your toes off, don't come running to me, <laughs> all right? My mom taught me genetics. You were just like your dad, <laughs> all right? My mom taught me anticipation. You just wait till your dad gets home, all right? My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when I get out of this grocery store. <laughs> my mom taught me religion. You better pray that comes out of my new carpet. <laughs> oh, my mom taught me stamina. You're going to sit there until all your homework is finished. My mom taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I could take you out of this world. All-time favorite, though, my mom taught me justice. One day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out to be brats just like you, and you'll see what it's like. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mom, for your wisdom. And on this day, we, uh, we honor mothers, and it's good for us to think about mothers and all that they do, and the gift that God has given us. Uh, being a mother is not a walk in the park. Um, it's not an easy job. It's not an easy calling. Uh, by the time a child reaches 18, it says a mother has handled some extra 18,000 hours of child-generated work. Uh, so if you think about it, before a woman has a child, every year she has an extra three months of leisure time. Wow, all right? And if you think about it another way, uh, how hard it is for a mother to work. There's no way to put it. There's no other way to put it. Um, often we do not realize a mother's love, concern, teaching are often more influential than anyone else. Uh, never underestimate the power of a mother's love and care for their kids. A cultured statement is the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. A redneck saying is if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? <laughs> Either way, you get the point. Mothers are known for giving so much to their families and being an integral part of what, how God has designed the family. They sacrifice enormous amounts of time and effort and energy to make sure everyone is provided for, the children are taken care of, and the home is being watched after. So this morning, our purpose is twofold. First, to honor God and the Lord Jesus Christ, and secondly, to honor moms, to honor mothers, to honor those who we should, be, who we should call blessed. Uh, James Dobson says, I have the highest respect and admiration for those who are blessed to be called mothers. There are few assignments in human experience that require the array of skills and wisdom needed by a mom in fulfilling everyday duties. She must be a resident psychologist, a physician, a theologian, an educator, a nurse, a chef, a taxi driver, a fire marshal, and occasionally a police officer. <laughs> and if she succeeds at all these she gets to get up tomorrow and do it all over again. And so 
Uh, you know, one of the things that amazed me about my mom was uh, her purse. Uh, I don't know about you, but my mom seemed to have everything in her purse. You know, if, uh, if I needed a Band-Aid, let me check my purse. If I needed a sewing kit, let me check my purse. If I needed a milkshake, let me... No, I'm just teasing, right? She, that, but if you think about it, moms are like the jack of all trades, right? She, they, they come up with everything, they do everything, they just adapt and they do what's needed to provide for the family and the kids. And I'm one who stands in amazed at moms who do it. Uh, mostly because I've been left at home when our kids are really small and I can't even begin to understand how to take care and to watch over and to listen to all the questions that a mom has to do and they're to be praised and honored for it. And so this morning I also want to talk about being a godly mother. Being the mom that God desires you to be. According to the Bible, there's a lot more than being a good mom than making a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich, uh, better than applying a Band-Aid or not getting a shampoo in the, ha- in the eyes while you're washing your hair. There's spiritual demands. There is a calling from God. And without question, the spiritual needs of a, Christ- of a children is even greater than the physical needs. Um, you are called to pass on more than a good recipe book or a favorite hobby or how to manage the home. You are called to pass on the things of God. And we have an awesome responsibility. And mothers have the awesome blessing to pass on their faith. To pass on their trust in Christ. And given the opportunity, uh, mothers have this responsibility to instill in their children the things of God. And today I want you to open your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, I preached on this several times uh, in the past, but I really want you to see the power of a godly mother in a young person's life. The power of a godly mother in a young person's life. Well, Timothy was a spiritual son of Paul. Uh, As far as we know, the Apostle Paul never married or had kids, but he had spiritual children. This was one he called his spiritual child. Timothy was one of his spiritual sons. And uh, he was blessed to have such a spiritual father in Paul as Paul was molding him, was teaching him, was traveling with him. But long before Paul arrived on the scene, uh, there was someone, uh, while Paul was studying pharisaical law and Paul was persecuting Christians, Timothy was being trained. Timothy was being groomed. Timothy was growing up in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And the reason why, the Bible says, is because he had... Uh, not just a, a, a man who like Paul who later in life come along, but yet when he was young, he had a, two godly women that influenced his life. Godly, righteous, firm, determined women who were tilling the soil of his heart. And their names is his mother, Eunice, and his grandmother, Lois. They were training that little boy to be used mightily of God. And so I want you to read or read with me the first five verses of this little letter, 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 5. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. And without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you 
being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call in remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. What Paul saw in Timothy was a legacy, a spiritual legacy. It began with a godly grandmother. Uh, grandmothers, do not underestimate the power of your influence in a young person's life. You have a unique perspective on life that sometimes mothers miss. Sometimes as parents, uh, you get so hurried through life that you don't quite give the perspective that a, a grandmother might. And, you know, mothers many times get rushed or hurried or maybe even overwhelmed or stressed out. But grandmothers have a unique perspective and influence that their parents may not have. Proverbs 17, 6 says, Children's children are a crown to the aged. Timothy was blessed not only with a godly mom, but also with a godly grandmother. That it began with his grandmother, and this child has uh, both of those things, and he was more rich than anything this world could offer. What a, what a legacy. And for grandmothers, the question is, how are you involved in your grandchildren's life? Are you influencing them for God? Do you make time to spend with them? Do you invite them to come to church with you? Do you tell them how good God is and how faithful he is? Don't waste your influence. I know sometimes it seems like they're not listening. Maybe their heads are buried in a phone or act like they're texting. But the good part about kids is most things they remember are not taught, but they're caught. What I mean by that is you may be saying words to them they don't hear, but what they do see is your actions. And the time that you spend with them, they see your actions. And when, you, when they see how you treat people, when they see how you care for one another, when they see how you serve the Lord, they catch those things. They see those things and they catch them. And that's the role of Eunice here. Uh, 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 that, that's the role of Lois here. She, she comes and she comes along and she's being around Timothy and influencing him. And for grandparents, it's always important to remember to spend that time influencing your grandchildren. And now if you look to the role of Eunice, Timothy's mother, who raised him and poured her life into him, what she did accomplish in Timothy's life, I want to point out just three things. I want to point out the three things that Eunice did for Timothy that godly mothers should do for their children. And if you think about it, every mother would do well to follow this example. Uh, the goal of all mothers should be to raise a spiritually mature Christian or a spiritual champion, let's call it. And a child that begins and continues throughout his life serving God and for his entire life fulfilling God's will for his life. Now, Eunice had that recipe, and here it is. Are you ready? Three things. The recipe for raising a spiritual champion or a champion for Christ. The love for the Word of God, the genuine faith in Christ, and a servant's heart. When you put those three things together, you get a spiritual champion. You get a champion for Christ. And in this little letter, Timothy gives us a little bit of these ingredients, and we can see them as we pick them up. And you know, uh, as you hear this morning, maybe you might say, well, I don't have a godly mother, and I'm not a mother, so I don't have to listen to the rest of the sermon. No. Actually, these principles can apply to anyone's life. As a Christian, if you want to be a spiritual champion, 
You can apply these three things to your life and you can use them to, to be a spiritual champion. Whether you're a mom or you're, you have a godly mom, you don't have a godly mom, or that you're, you don't have uh, this influence in your life, you can still apply these principles to your life and it will transform you. So let's look at the first one, a love for the Word of God. Later on in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, if you're still in 2 Timothy, flip over to chapter 3, verses 14 and 17, it says this, But you must continue in all things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. See what Paul was saying to Timothy here? From the time Timothy was born, Eunice was sharing God's word with him. She was sharing her love of the scripture with him. Eunice made sure that Timothy understood scripture, that Timothy understood the power of God in scripture, that he, he would see the usefulness of God's word. See, mothers, no single influence in your child's life will have a greater impact than them learning scriptures. You can read all the parenting books. You can be the best chef. You can throw the best birthday parties. You can have top-notch arts and crafts. But if you don't have scripture as their foundation, if you don't put a love for the word of God in their heart, there'll be nothing permanent there. It will just be fleeting memories or possessions of the world. But yet, as a mother, if you instill God's Word in them, if you instill Scriptures in them, you will, you will put a base in them. You will put a foundation in your children. In his little letter to the church at Rome, Paul rhetorically asked the question, How shall they hear without a preacher? Then later on, he says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And the word is presented with our mouths. And as a, as a mother, you could be a preacher. You can be one who teaches your kids the word of God, that your children should hear you read the word of God or quote the word of God or see you obey the word of God. See, Timothy had the privilege of hearing the word in the most marvelous manner. He heard it from his mom and he heard it from his grandmother and they impacted his life. And it impacted him so much that it rooted in his heart that when he left home, he still had a spiritual foundation because the Word of God was in his heart. In Deuteronomy 6, the people of God were told this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. See what he's saying here? Don't just expect the church or priest or anyone else to teach your child the scriptures. When do they teach them? When you're at home, when you're walking along the road, when you're sitting down at the table, when you're lying down, when you get up in the morning. It's your assignment. We're to teach our children the Word of God. The ideal is that wherever you go, whatever you're doing, try to find ways to put in them the Word of God. And for us, as a good challenge, if we're going to teach our kids the Word of God, we must know the Word of God, right? That we must be learning the Word of God ourselves, and we need to read it and study it. And when we're going down the road or we're singing a song or we're telling them good night, we should incorporate Scripture in it. We should incorporate Scripture in their life, and we will pass it on. One of the easiest ways to do this is just to share a verse of the day. Listen, the Bible app will send you a verse of the day. 
And all you have to do, it takes less than 20 seconds to share that with someone in your family. You can share that with someone in your family if your kids are older. You can text it to them. You can put them in a group text. You can say, hey, here's the scripture of the day. I love you. Just want you to hear God's word for you today. It takes less than 20 seconds. And if you're not sharing scripture with the kids, what a great place to start. If you don't put into practice anything else you hear today, if you just start sharing one scripture every day with your family, that's a great place to start. Eunice loved the Word of God and it changed her son's life and he went on to be one of the great pastors in the New Testament. Why? Because he loved the Scriptures. His mom loved the Scriptures. He loved the Scriptures. It was a part of his life and the foundation in his heart was the love for the Word of God. That's the first ingredient. The second part of being a spiritual champion is a genuine faith in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 5 back in chapter 1. He said, When I call into remembrance... The genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also. Because of genetics, your kids are going to inherit physical traits from you, right? Some are good, some are bad, right? Some may get your big brown eyes or your funny shaped nose, right? Some may get your good hair, some may get your bad hair. Tanner gets the flat part of my back of my head back here. Look at him. You can see him back there. He inherited the same shape head that I got. Tucker, he, he's got a cone head. Anyways, no, I'm just teasing. Uh, he, your kids are going to get certain genetic things from you. And they're going to be handed down. And you, they're part of who they are. Well, the same is true with spiritual things. As you grow, as they grow up in your family, they're going to adapt. They're going to be, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to embrace the things that you embrace. They're going to look to the spiritual traits and characteristics that you have, and that's what they're going to have in their life, or that's what they're going to desire in their life. Now, the word, the very key word in this verse is a genuine faith. When you think about a genuine faith, Paul saw this in these two women. He said, your, parent, or your, your mother and your grandmother had a genuine faith. The word genuine means sincere. It means devoted. It means without hypocrisy. You see, one of the easiest ways to destroy a child's uh, 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 faith is to model a two-faced Christianity. And we as Christians, especially in our own homes, must war against the spirit of hypocrisy because it will worm its way in. It will keep trying to fight its way in. And what happens is you act a certain way in public around people, but yet when you get home in private, you act completely different. You act like in public that you're influenced by God and you love the Lord and you love people, but when you get home, it's a total different story. And, and, and what the Bible says is that when you have a genuine faith, when you have a sincere faith, it's not only in public, but yet it's also in private. And it's to say that when you believe in God and Jesus Christ, you live at your home like you do, like you do, not like you do not know God. The word hypocrite means a play actor. It means to pretend. You know, one of favorite pastimes of children is to pretend. You know, Tanner loves to pretend. And when he was younger, he would love to tell stories. Matter of fact, we was going through some old pictures and videos, and we had some Tanner tunes. And Tanner would do Tanner tunes. And he would, he would go to a pretend land and have Tanner tunes. Well, now he's upgraded because what he loves is for me or Poppy to tell him old stories. Some of them are true. Some of them are not so true. But anyways, 
I won't say who tells the true stories. I won't say who tells the not true stories. But in his expressions on his face, it's almost like he takes himself there. And he laughs like we would laugh. And he, he, he talks like we would talk. And he loves to hear the stories. He actually puts them there like he's part of the story. They say, what is he doing? Well, he's putting himself in that place. He's pretending that he was there or he was a part of the story. But yet, he really wasn't. You see, what Paul is saying here, as a Christian, uh, your child needs to see a genuine faith. Not something that's pretend. Not something that when they grow up, they see something that's a pretender or fake or phony. You see, your children will believe that your faith is fake, which means God is fake. That God is not real. That God can be uh, someone who you can turn on and off. But what Paul is saying is you model your faith like those who are genuine in the faith. That when your children are watching you like a hawk. And listen, they know if you're real or you're not real. You can fool a lot of people, but you can't fool your family, right? They ask the question, can I really have faith in a God that I do not know or trust? How do they see that in you? They see it in their parents, they see it in their moms, they see it in their grandparents, or those who call themselves Christians. And they see how He changes your life. They see how you react to Him. They see how your faith is real. And if a child cannot see that your faith has radically changed your life and that it changes who you are, not just in public but in private, then that child will wonder, what difference does Jesus make? Because I go to my friend's house and they don't believe in Jesus and they act the same way that I am in my, that my parents act in my house. And they don't see a difference. And they have the same standards in their home as we do in our home. My parents don't care what I watch or what I see or what I, how I talk, but yet they should see a difference. They should see something that, that Jesus changed their life. It's genuine. It's real. It's not a religious uh, a story. It's something that changes your life. And hypocrisy will hinder and sometimes kill your kid's faith in God. You and I must pass on a sincere faith, a genuine faith. And Eunice was obviously a woman that was sincere. She was sensitive towards God. She didn't put on a show. She was the real deal. When it came to Christ, she would see, they, her, Timothy would see someone who really loved Jesus. And moms, for us and for Christians in general, let's not be pretenders. Let's be ones who are real, who has a genuine faith, who trust in the Lord in the public square and in the private square. Be a Christ follower every day and let your children see how Christ has changed your life. They say, wow, Pastor, man, you, you tore us up. I thought this was going to be an uplifting day, right? I thought we were honoring mothers this morning. You've done a real good job, now I'm going to go home. No, I, I, I didn't say a perfect faith. I said a genuine faith. I, I didn't say perfect in your walk with Christ. I said genuine in your walk with Christ. There's a difference. There's a difference between being sincere and genuine and being perfect. And listen, it's real. Children will see you at the worst times and at the best times. Especially now in the quarantine, right? Especially now they're around you all the time. They're going to see the worst times and they're going to see the best times. And yet for your kids at the best times, they should see you giving glory to God. 
They should see you singing praises to Jesus. They should see you or hear you singing God's word or singing the word, uh, singing uh, praise to God. And yet in the bad times, in the times when you fail, they should see you asking God to forgive you. They should hear you say, I'm sorry. They should hear you say, I didn't do that right. I didn't, I didn't take care of that. And, and yet when we fail, we just go to the Lord and ask God to forgive us and tell them, I didn't do this right. I'm your mom and I'm not perfect. And God has forgiven me and I want you to forgive me. We want to start over. Not a perfect faith, but a genuine faith. You will not be perfect and you will not, never be perfect. But that doesn't mean you failed as a mom. I know women a lot of times have a standard set for themselves that no one else sets for them. A lot of times they feel a pressure that no one else can put pressure on them for. And some moms just need to forgive themselves. They need to forgive themselves because you beat yourself down and you make mistakes and you, you feel like you have failed and you're blaming yourselves for things. It's not even your fault. And, and mothers get loaded down with guilt. And, and they get loaded down with shame and they think, oh, I've failed and I've failed my kids and, and because I'm not perfect because i failed. Listen, it's not a perfect walk. It's a genuine walk. No one is perfect and you will not be the first one. Teach your children when you fail, do something wrong, that you ask God forgiveness and you move on. By the way, maybe somebody's here or listening. You've been holding something against your mom because she wasn't perfect. It's time to let it go, right? I mean, she's not perfect and you're not either. And there is no perfect mom. Don't, don't compare your mom to others and say, if my mom would have done this and my mom would have done that, I wouldn't be in my basement playing Xbox right now. No, don't, don't say that. She's not perfect. You're not perfect. Quit blaming your mom. Take your own responsibility. She did the best she could. If you had a mom who loved you and tried to point you to God, you ought to be thankful and grateful for it. Stop blaming your mom for your problems, right? Listen, the greatest thing a mom could do is instill in their children a genuine faith in God, a real, tangible walk with Christ. The question asked is, would your children say, above all else, my mom loves Jesus? Would they say, my mom has a true heart for the Lord. That's what you should be concerned with. Showing them a genuine faith, a sincere faith, a, a true walk with Christ. A spiritual champion has a love for the Word of God. They have a genuine faith in Christ. And lastly, they have a servant's heart. A little story in Acts chapter 16 is the backstory of this. Paul was looking for a missionary to go with him. He was looking for an assistant. And the scripture in verses 1 through 3 says that Paul had come to Derby and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy. That's, a, that's who we're talking about this morning. The son of a certain Jewish woman, that's Lois, or that's Eunice. Who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go with him, and he took him and circumcised him before because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. I want you to notice that Paul, I want you to notice when Paul came to the town, guess who was ready to answer the call of God? Timothy was. Timothy was ready to serve the Lord, and listen, he knew the cost. Paul had been stoned the last time he was on his way to Lystra. And he knew he was leaving his mom and he knew he might never, never see her again. He was putting his life on the line, willing to serve God. 
And you ask yourself, what, how did Timothy get that way? Because Timothy was raised from childhood that his life was not his own. That God had a purpose for him and that his mom would instill in him that you were deeply, that she was deeply uh, committed to serving God. And now Timothy was ready to risk his life to serve God himself. It was because of his mom that he watched in her and his grandmother who served God even though her own husband was not a believer. And yet she had prepared Timothy so much that she was ready, that Timothy was ready. And when she would see her mom, because of how his mom instilled a servant's heart in him, he was ready to go. He was ready to serve God and others regardless of what happened. How was he this prepared? Well, Timothy saw his mother serve God regardless of her family situation. Her, her own husband or her parents or whoever else was in her life, it didn't matter. She served God. It was that Timothy was dad was a Greek, which infers that he was a non-believer. But that didn't stop Eunice. No, Timothy would see his mother serve her family. She would serve her neighbors. She served her friends. She was always serving others and serving God. And that's not kind of tell you how important it is for mothers to show your children what it means to reach out and care for others. What it means to have a servant's heart. Listen, we live in a selfish society. I mean, our world and our society is all about you, yourself. And so many ways uh, we have learned how to take and take and take and take. Listen, bailouts are great, but at some point in time, you're going to have to go to work, right? I mean, listen, it is great, but someone's got to pay for it. Someone's got to go to work. And when we teach people it's all about who you are, you never have to serve, you never have to give, you never have to serve other people, that's the way they think about God. That's the way they think about His work. And, and, and people go their whole life thinking it's all about themselves and the whole world revolves around them. But moms, if you want a spiritual champion, you need to teach your kids how to give themselves away. You need to teach them how to be servants. Man, share a meal with a hurting family and let them help you prepare it and take it. Share money with others and show your kids how it means to be, what it means to be generous and have compassion on those who are less fortunate. Share a dinner with people who need friendship and encouragement. Share your time and devote your energy to working and serving at church. Share your life with people. And guess what will happen? Your child will grow up not self-centered, but other-centered. They will grow up desiring to serve God and want to be on mission for them. I want you to notice something else, though. In Acts 16, it says that Timothy left his mother. Eunice knew that at this point in time, it was time to let her son go. Acts 16.4 does not say that Eunice ran alongside of Timothy and ripped him out of Paul's <laughs> chariot. No, she encouraged him. She encouraged him to go and to serve God. She didn't say stay home, start a family, make money, and then serve God later. No, she said do what God has called you to do. Eunice said, I got to let him go. And Eunice knew that the best plan for Timothy was for him to serve God. And listen, I know this is not a, a very easy message. But when you think about it, we've got to let our kids go too. The truth is, they're not our kids. And they belong to God. And God calls us a steward. He calls us a manager. When you go into a restaurant, you see a manager. They are managing the goods that the owner put into his care. And we as parents, as mothers, as fathers, 
we are just managers of what God has put into our care. And God has given us kids, and He's given us children. And, and when we come to the serving God, we gotta, when it comes to our kids, we've got to realize that everything in our life, our money, our time, even our children, we are here to manage for a short time. And what does that mean? It means that you can't keep them forever. That's why it's so important to do what you can to lead your children as the best that you can and invest in them while they're still at home, while they're still under your care. Listen, I look at my kids and I just think how time flies by so fast. I told you earlier, I was looking at some old phones, uh, pictures on my phone. I just can't believe how time flies so fast, even 10 years ago. I was looking at some old pictures of people here in church. Man, you guys are really getting old nowadays, right? Isn't that amazing when you look at pictures, you see how old everybody else looks? Seriously. Like, I really think I look the same as I did 10 years ago. And I think, boy... Josh has really gotten old. <laughs> it's so funny how we think everyone else is getting old. But, but part of a parent is that you always look at your child like they're still little, little, you know. And you still think they're little and you still think they're going to be around forever. And you still think you got plenty of time. But man, let me tell you, time flies by. You don't have them forever. And it may seem like even for moms now it's dragging by. Like this quarantine, man, it's every day is so long. Now listen, don't lose focus. Don't miss the most important calling as a mother. Make every day count. Take that day that God has given you and say, I'm going to make it count. I'm going to impact my child's life. And I don't want to waste the opportunity God has given me. Because it's easy to lose focus. You can lose focus on a career. You can lose focus on chasing material possession. You can lose focus on all the material things in the world. But God says, don't lose focus. Make sure you're impacting your children while they're in your care because you're only managing them for a little while. And next thing you know, they say, Mom, Dad, I'm heading off to college. Mom and Dad, I'm going to get married. Mom and Dad, I'm going to be having kids myself. And listen, it happens so, so fast. Teach them to love the Word of God. Show them what a genuine faith in Christ is and demonstrate a servant's heart while they're under your care. Timothy was a mighty man of God because he had a mighty woman of God in his life. And may that be the cry of all our hearts today. Let's pray together.